Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I have titled this episode, Beyond 1984, The Wars at Home, and New World Operations. Why? we got Jeff Bezos talking about off-world operations trying to get humanity back to the moon. Domestic terrorists being found in Alabama that link to New Mexico, as well as all kinds of other craziness that goes on, alluding to the fact that indeed we are in 1984. We're beyond 1984. We have a lot of different things to talk about in this episode, but first, before we do so, make sure you guys check out Paranormal Perspective Volume 7. We did it on our own, thanks to your guys' amazing stories uh, and support. We also did a mini-cast on Pedogate in the classroom. And how that is just something else entirely. Yeah, no, make sure you guys check out the links for that. I'll put those in the description bar below. Or go check it out on our website, factionsoffreedom.jimdo.com. And look at all the content that we're putting out there to you guys. And the reason I say that is because Fellowship and Freedom on the Wake Up Radio is taking a two-month break. As well as us, we're taking our seasonal break to shut down for season eight. uh, For season, to start season nine. Lastly, Nate Max's trip has been moved back to November. I'll keep you guys up to date with that as more information comes along. But lastly, you know, think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. We're going to be removing a lot of the previous seasons because there's so much on there uh, and making room for the most current stuff. If you guys want access to all of our previous seasons and more, and think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. And it helps support this broadcast and so much more. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I can't tell you how many different times I have had to try to do just this intro and just this episode alone. We have so many different things to talk about. I'm trying to get this out to you in a cohesive way while also adding a little bit of personality to it catching you guys up while still there's so many different things working right now that for me I get my head is spinning I get overwhelmed I just kind of you know end up rambling and spouting and it's it's not so much that I'm over prepared it's just that information comes out I have to figure out how to integrate it in here trying to tell you guys so many different things we are where the enemy is planning these types of things why it's important that we have to do blah 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 there's 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 so much stuff working in every single episode uh that it that it does get overwhelming and i'm sure people just kind of say you know wow this is this is a lot uh and and i and i gotta be honest with you sometimes i blow my own mind i think about it as well and and i get i i i get consumed by it and I think the reason I'm, I'm in this kind of mode is because, you know, while it's good to have the information and stuff out there, you have to understand things are moving at an ex- exceptionally fast rate. Things are growing at an exponential rate as well. Uh, and and, and I, I see so much I see so much ignorance and stupidity. And I think that I need to stay away from that, point it out and also grow from it, because while it's important that we, we, we acknowledge the ignorance what the adversary is doing, the confusion and the manipulation. I also think it's important that we, we, we talk about the growth that takes place, man. Because people don't see that. People really don't see that. I don't, I don't see the growth uh, that comes from building this. You know, I think this is a better way for me to intro this. 
out of the hundreds, uh, not even hundreds, the dozens of times that I've had to redo this intro, you know, I found myself talking about that 14-year-old girl, Soph, that was recently removed and becoming part of this whole deplatformation movement, uh, who's being a martyr of that. And I heard her, you know, and she's an eloquent 14-year-old girl, and I think about people that are my age who are retarded. I think about people who are, are older than me who are retarded. I think about children that are younger than me that are st stupid. Okay, let's just call it what it is. And I heard, I heard that girl, and I had hope. I really did. I had so, mu I, I had so much hope. My, I, I, I was smiling because you know, I'm talking about it all the time. This is where the reinforcements are coming. You know, we have to build a better tomorrow for them, and they're here. They're watching. They're listening. Uh, and I, yeah, and I, and I guess because. I, I do talk to some of our listeners, you know, that, that were younger, that were in middle school, uh, that are going into college now because we've been doing this for so many different years, that we are influencing them, that we are making a greater tomorrow and making that impact. And you, and you don't see those things. You don't see those things trying to tackle the Satanists uh, and exposing the Luciferians and exposing all this pedophilia. You don't, you know, think about who you're in, who you're influencing uh, when you're taking these trips down the other to the border to expose like all all the human trafficking, you, you, you don't think about who you're at, who's actually listening when you're trying to make yourself better. What you're trying to do is just make yourself better, and in doing so, you will find that better. And it's not going to be easy. I think I have to make that extraordinarily clear. A four a fourteen year old girl giving me hope in the sense of comedy. That's crazy to think about. That 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 out of everything that we do do to hear a child say yeah no we're not really down for this that's hopeful because what you're seeing to a degree and I don't know if this is my conspiratorial paranoid mind seeing somebody uh, become a victim of multi-generational programming I don't know if what that is uh, but what you're seeing is somebody respond you're seeing that younger you step up and no I'm not a 14 year old girl but what you're what I'm saying is you're seeing those teachings reach someone and as I said before we have kids that have gone through middle school and are now in college uh, with who we're influencing and that's a different thing but the hope is out there and it's got to get to this point to where things somewhat seem dire because you have to shine that light you have to you have to speak for that greater tomorrow yes it does seem dire but you, you you've got to think the wars that we are fighting are not only not only for us. You see, like we can't we, we people get up on social media and they get stuck because they like sharing memes. This is all supposed to be a springboard. We all got it confused. We all decided to make our life on Instagram, and that's how Instagram's profiting off of all off of Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube are profiting off of everything you're doing, and you're not profiting off of anything. Facebook's trying to come up with their own cash, cashless payment system, too. Uh, I'm not sure if it's akin to what YouTube's doing, uh, you know, where they have YouTube earning and all this other nonsense and rat ad revenue. But what I'm trying to say is we're supposed to be building something better. Yes, expose all this corrupt and criminal stuff that's going on, uh, the social engineering and, and the scientific dictatorship that's being erected. Yes, expose that for sure. But we are also, also supposed to be building a better tomorrow. Now, the views are there. The mindset is there. The need is is there. The, 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 the drive is there. But we have to do our due diligence and build that. 
yeah, shine a light on the dark people, but at the same time, let's let's clap for all the other people that are out there, the heroes, the people that are standing up. It's always so doom and gloom that we never take the time to realize that we have planted a lot of seeds and some of those things are coming into fruition. And, 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 and we focus so much on the problems, not seeing the solutions, that we are the solutions. You know, uh, I'll, I'll say this and we'll start the show. You know, I don't, we, 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 have, we have a very, very interesting accolade system going on here in America where everybody wants some kind of brownie points credits for something. Social justice nonsense, or, or, or it, we have something going on here in our country, and a lot of it is due to the technotronic elite that is being erected around us. And I'll speak about that here shortly because we're, we're talking about beyond 1984 and how that's our current reality. People are losing touch with reality because it's a fight right now, not necessarily for followers or likes or any of this, but it's, it's, it's whatever technology is inducing on society that has people acting and thinking a certain way. Got them thinking sideways. Got them thinking all twisted. Uh, and, 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 and I want to say this because it's accelerating. The lunacy is accelerating. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's not, I think what I'm trying to say is I know it's not going to end. So how do you, how do you start confronting uh, eternity? How do you start confronting uh, what, what's going to happen at the end? Because you know, Insanity is going to continue, and you know you don't want to fall for it. But how do you steep, how do you how do you fight that? How do you combat that? Well, that's what I say all the time. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. But what does that do? Because we're moving. You see, we're moving into this mindset or into this world where it's like automation versus eternal vigilance. We're we're, we're essentially up against computers, uh, pushing an ideology that's manifesting here in reality. What is that about? Well, that's what I mean by beyond 1984. But we don't understand how what we're seeing as one fight could potentially just be uh, something inconsequential for the next generation. And that's why we have to expose and grid the, grind these things down to a literal halt so that, we, so, so that people understand the, the depths of the true issue. Yes, there are also light, for sure. But we have got to have that, that balance. And I think that's a better way for me to start the show. And that's what we are. We are supposed to be a balancing factor because history, history is written by the winners and the future is, 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 is created by those who want to seize it. And that's what's happening right now with, with 1984, even with the Bible, man. Like, look at how they're, how they're using that, you know, as a, as a playbook. But the, but, but, but the future is not written in stone. And I think that we have the ability to change things. And in order for us to do that, enough people have to get up. Enough people have to get excited, fired up about certain things, and make that change happen. Because it's not going to, we can't just complain for it to happen. Certain steps have to be made. And the reason that we're able to cause this level of influence with so many different things and so many different people in so many different ways is because one person stood up to do things. And I think what's happened, and I don't know how, we're, how we get over here to this aspect of these types of things, but the Bible and, 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 uh, and some of these other books, you know, like the Technotronic Elite or, or, or the Technotronic Era written by Zbigniew Zabrinsky uh, and George Orwell in 1984, you know, all these things, they're put out there to show you what happens if we don't stand up. Because, yes, they do see the end goal, 
you know, creating things like the Mark of the Beast as it was pro- prophesied uh, thousands of years ago, they're, they're telling you this is what happens if, you know, if people don't respond, if we don't rebel, if we don't take the time to think about the concept and the conditions of our life. This is where we are. And in 2019, we are indeed beyond 1984. And with that being said, let's start the show. So uh, 1984 has turned... 70 years old this month. So May is 1984 month. May Day, May Day, May Day. We are beyond 1984. We put this up May 13th. It's from Renegade Tribune. It says 1984 turns 70 years old in a world that looks a lot like the book. It says this month, George Orwell's legendary novel 1984 turns 70 years old and the warnings contained within the story are now more relevant than ever. Orwell's predictions were so spot on that it almost seemed like it was used as some type of accidental instruction manual for would-be tyrants. In the world of 1984, there is an all-encompassing surveillance state that keeps an, an eye, a, a watchful eye on everyone in search of possible rebels and points of resistance. Censorship is the norm in this world and is so extreme that individuals can become unpersons who are essentially deleted from society because their ideas were considered dangerous by the establishment. This is an idea that is very familiar to activists and independent journalists who are being removed from public conversations for speaking out about governments and corporations who are corrupt on social media. Orwell is famous for coining the term doublespeak, which is a way to describe the euphemistic language that the government uses to whitewash their most dirty deeds. For example, in Orwell's story, the Ministry of propaganda was called the Ministry of Truth, just as today the government agency that was once known as the Department of War is now called the Department of Defense. There was also never-ending war in Orwell's story, the conditions of the world, well, the conditions of which would change on a regular basis, keeping the general population confused about conflicts so that they give up on trying to understand what is actually going on. Some of these predictions were merely recognitions of patterns in human history since the idea of, quote, unpersons and war propaganda is nothing new. However, Orwell had, be- had an incredible understanding of how technology was going to be process or progress over the 20th century, and he was able to envision how technology would be used by, the pow- by those in power to control the masses. The technological predictions made in the book were truly uncanny as they gave a fairly accurate description of our modern world. Orwell described, quote, telescreens, which acted as both an entertainment device and a two-way entertainment device. So think about that. Entertainment, communication, that's all they wanted you to have. Entertainment, entertain yourself. Go watch the Met Gala where you see men dress up as women. (laughs) Have this, have this telescreen so we can see what you're doing in your room. It's called the Xbox Live, or Xbox On, whatever they're, uh, the, the, the Xbox Connect. You see, how do you talk about being beyond 1984? Pre-crime, uh, pre- preventing radical ter- terrorist a- uh, activity. You see, this, this surveillance state, it's so all-encompassing. It's like, how do you talk about it whenever you're living it? How do you talk about taking somebody's right to to buy food? How do you take away somebody's right to say how they feel? How do you take away somebody's right to do anything? Well, ask China. They're they're, they're getting pretty, pretty good at it. Ask China. How How do you take away a parent's right to say, well, I had a boy 
No, you didn't. You didn't have that boy. You had a girl. Little Johnny is named Little Jenny. It's like, well, okay. That's what I mean by weak-willed parents. How do you how do you take away somebody's like inherent God-given right to fight back? You say, if you shoot this person, you're going to go to jail. But he came at me. He tried to stab me. Up, 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 up. Did he step through your... You see like the legal E here? How it goes to like, oh, did he step through your door? Did you feel threatened for your life? Did you like, it's a series of checkpoints to where it's like you have to be justified in the eyes of this kind of crazy, corrupt law to say, I had to shoot this guy because he literally said, I'm going to kill you and began to charge towards me after throwing several knives. Like, what? come on now. Our father, who art in Washington, that's what happens whenever you turn uh, peace officers into law enforcement. How do you talk about in 1984, the idea that they're literally saying, hey, if you say this, anything else that you have ever done for the past X amount of years will be null and void and discredited. You're disowned. You're you're deplatformed. Get out of here. That's what happened to me. I'm not allowed to talk about David Hogg. I got four years worth of YouTube taken away, and I can't talk about Desmond Desmond the Amazing, you know, little little 11-year-old drag kid out there dressing, jumping around in gay bars. Can't talk about that. Otherwise, I lose the entirety of the page. You see everything that we're doing. This is what I mean by the mental gymnastics and the and the hoops that we have to jump through in order to to to, to get to get information to people today. So, how do you talk about 1984 being beyond it when you live it every day? And now, here's the crazy part about it. Now they're saying, "Hey, guess what? We're going to tell you that you don't even have the right to have a kid." Yeah, that's right. I know you have genitalia. I know you have, you know, uh, we're going to call them reproductive rights, right? And we know that people have been having sex for generations, but, well, you know, now the government's powerful enough to tell you, or the American government is powerful enough to tell you, hey, look, that's not a baby in you. I know you think you're pregnant, but you're not. It's like, wait, what? What are you telling me? No, no, really. This is this is where we're at right now. They're teaching uh, gender bending, gender identity to kindergartners. They're calling it kinder gender, isn't it grand? You see, you see how I have to take on this kind of like sarcastic, uh, almost jerk mindset to present this 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 chaotic stuff to you, because anybody in their right mind would say, "Well, this is just crazy." This is insane. Oh, well, I know, my friends. That's because you're using your brain and your 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 critical thinking. You're using your logic. You're, you know, you're not nuts. You're not insane. You're not crazy like these people. So, you <laughs> don't worry. They're gonna get you. This is what I mean by the clown world. This is what I mean by the great inversion, the externalization of the hierarchy, as put forth by Alice Bailey. And the idea is so that they can tell you how crazy they are internally and that because, well, we're the bigots and the xenophobes. We, we're, we just don't understand them. They're so misunderstood. But now we have to tolerate them. This is what I mean by the 1984, the doublespeak, right? You see how I just switched into that? Rules for Radicals uh, by Saul Alinsky where he gives like a, an a, a homage to Lucifer. You see what I'm saying? Now you got Satanists, the Luciferians, technocrats. Like you see the energy that's being put out there. So I don't really know how to talk about being (laughs) 
beyond 1984 other than like putting like laughing and joking uh in a somewhat sinister and cynical way about how crazy things are governments who say they're for the people not listening to people listening uh to JP Morgan listening to the Rothschilds listening to the Rockefellers listening to the big banks right got six corporations that control the media and they all parrot the same things. 1984. These people don't think for themselves. That's why it's a script. They're being they're being fed a script. They don't they don't have ideologies of their own. They're talking heads. Man, come on. 1984 turning 70. Oh man, it's when they say, like, it's when they, it's when they literally bomb the crap out of our own country, and say we are going to. They destroyed our peace. We've got to take it to them. They hate us for our freedoms. And now that they're, you know, (laughs) now that we have people here destroying our freedoms, destroying our country, we have to be tolerant of them. 1984, man, like, it's it's crazy. We're, we're, We're beyond 1984. You know. Uh, and I think it really is dangerous sometimes to, to, for me, I think to look at it. Because I, maybe if I just started practicing ignorancism, I would be like okay with all of this. Maybe if I just didn't think like everybody else and just went along with, with the program and stopped asking questions and saying, hey, well, what's this going to look like for maybe my kid or even my kid's kid? Is there going to be any human around to speak for just wanting to have general human rights or are we all going to be some kind of transhuman, some transgender thing? And I think these are legitimate questions, I'm sorry, because I study things like eugenics and epigenetics and, you know, what that does to the biology, to to human biology and physiology after a while that it breaks down. Because I ask questions, I'm sorry that this is a little bit uh, confusing for your, 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 your uh, carbon copied brain, your automated mentality, your manufactured consent brain. You see, I, I, I use my noggin. (laughs) And this is, I, I, I didn't mean to go on like a crazy hardcore rant uh, with this segment because I had all kinds of stuff I wanted to talk to you guys about, you, you know, to, to explain this a little bit more. And with the time we're, I'm still going to, I'm going to explain, you know, this whole gender bending thing that's going on in, 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 uh, in kindergarten and how it ties into the sex strike that Alyssa Milano is putting out there, uh, as well as so much more. But you have to understand, this is what I mean by government is God and the most dangerous religion. Because somewhere along the lines, and I talked about this before just the other week with uh, uh, Tim, (laughs) technology, intelligence, and media, and how that is the new military-industrial complex. We were so worried about the surveillance uh, state being built that we didn't notice what happened here domestically, and I think that is the biggest threat domestically that we have right here. Now, Tim, technology, uh, intelligence operatives, as, as well as media. You see, this will be the DOD and the DOE. These are the people that are interfacing with Hollywood. This is the CIA. This is what I mean by Fedbook being owned uh, by the government. This is what I mean by Big Brother. These people being able to literally manipulate your mind into thinking a certain way and therefore changing your behaviors and your patterns to have you do certain things. But people don't think this way. This is why I tell you uh, eternal vigilance is the cost of freedom. People don't want that. Nope. People are down for subservience. They're down for control. They're down to be pawns and slaves. They don't want to think for themselves because it's too hard. 
you see. And this is why they have to get the kids early. Let me play for you guys this clip uh, where they're talking about kinder genders and why it's important that they, they start early uh, talking about kids and gender identity. You know, sex education uh, in schools, it's nothing new, right? And it's always been somewhat controversial. But the truth is, if it's not taught in schools, in the classroom, or at home, it will likely be talked about on the playground. And that is the case for many, many people. Now, sex ed, it's an issue that gets people talking. For some, it gets them protesting. But despite some of these protests, the California Department of Education unanimously approved new guidelines for elementary school grades. The guidelines are about sex trafficking, sexual orientation, and how to support transgender and LGBTQ students. Now, proponents say this is all needed to make sure that all students understand their sexual health and that they're aware of the reality of the world that we live in. These changes were approved, but there was a victory of sorts for opponents because they did remove five resources and books that some organizations called sexually explicit, including a book that explains sex to students as young as kindergarten. There are certain sex ed requirements for all schools in California. These are new recommendations. They're designed to give teachers, administrators, parents all resources to try to handle new issues facing kids at younger and younger ages. So we talked with local parents about what they think. But in general, how do you feel about sex education in schools for your seven-year-old daughter? I think in the high school it's good, but maybe not elementary school. Why? Just, they're a little young. I think it's a good idea. I don't, I don't mind. I, I think it's better for the kids, yeah, to know everything. Yeah, that way they're ready. Have you had the talk with your daughter? No, definitely not. No. Can you imagine having the talk with your daughter? I can't. No, I'll leave that for her mom. It really can be a difficult uh, talk to have with your son, your daughter. Um, I can tell you that you are allowed to opt out of sex education in public schools. Uh, you have to give your reasons for that. You have to do it well in advance, all of those things. Uh, but these new recommendations, they're really trying to give a framework for all schools in California so people have resources to work with. Even some of the explicit books, the books that people didn't like, those are still going to be on the website, the California Department of Education website, as a resource for parents so they can use those books, those resources, if they want to talk about this with their younger children. I'm Lynette Romero in Burbank. I'm not going to tell you what age I started talking to Olivia about this, but it was pretty young. <laughs> they have questions really, really young. Back to you guys in the studio. Well, I would bet that they do have questions young, uh, given the current society that we have. We have moms twerking on Instagram, and then children walk by. Uh, you have all kinds of shows on Netflix. Uh, let's listen to the music. And just think again about how much stuff children are exposed to these days uh, on the internet. You know, I've, I've, I've seen videos of people having their heads sawed off uh, with, like, Bowie knives. You know, and that's pretty, that's pretty crazy to think about. That was a few years ago. You know, now kids are watching kids literally commit suicide live, like on Facebook Live just the other day. Uh, and there's an article going around right now. Kid killed himself over an Instagram poll. I didn't read the poll, but apparently the kid killed themselves over it. Uh, and, and, and these kids are exposed to this. So if this is just random death and violence that people are exposed to, think about the sex. There's pedophiles operating on Facebook as well. And so their whole response is, well, we have to encourage, we have to educate them. They have to know about pedophiles. They have to know about the kids that are out there uh, that have all kinds of messed up stuff. You know, you have, you have, and somebody sent me this video. Uh, you have these like little cartoon videos where it's like a mom and a dad. Then it's like a dad and a dad. And it's like a mom and a mom, and then it's just like one dad, and then it's just like one mom. 
you know, and, and they're they're just trying to prepare you. They just want you to know that this is this is going to be the future of parenting. If you don't want a mom and a dad, that's okay. Get rid of it. Boom. You don't want it. You, you you don't want a traditional nuclear family. Guess what? You get to have this LGBTQ four five six seven family, and that's that's where we have to go. That is where it's going. Uh, you, you don't want to have kids. Guess what? You can adopt kids. Oh, you don't want to have that anymore. Guess what? Ectogenesis. Boom. Put your baby in a bag. We're gonna grow you one. This is beyond 1984. Oh, you don't want to have just two parents? Your parents are crazy enough and kooky. They want to have three people together. They want to have like a three-parent baby. Guess what? We got you We got you sorted out for that. If you guys could all just contribute a little bit of your DNA here, bing, bang, boom, we'll just present you a baby. You see, this is where it's going. Single family, single parent families, uh, you know, the mother that's, the mother that got knocked up and the dad that left and, you know, and then, you know, she had to work at the diner to take care of herself and raise her kid. That, that like classic Americana story, that's, that's archaic. They're going, you know, we're going, we're going for broke now. We're going for broke back, back mountain now. We're getting two dads and we're getting, we're getting, a, we're getting a daughter. I think about that. And so they're just trying to tell you that what you think of is normal and what you think of is okay. That's going right out the window. Don't think about it anymore. Uh, and it sounds crazy, but that's where we're going. And so they have to explain these things. This is a part of sex ed. They want to let the kids know. No, we don't want to we don't want to have traditional marriage values. People don't want to be traditional anymore. We're gonna be so alternative that we're literally going to change up the entire family. And where do you think this is gonna to lead to? It's going to lead to like sterility and then, like I said before, uh, centers where people are allowed to have kids to where they like green light people, certain people to have kids. Like it's just it. I just think it's kind of crazy where all this is going to go uh, and and how it's already starting. I talked about this a few weeks ago uh, is, is things like the birth striker movement where some people are refusing to have kids simply because of, well, the earth is bad, the climate is bad and they don't want to have kids now. You have Alyssa Milano, and I forget where exactly we've seen her at in movies and such, but now she's renewing her call for a sex strike, says that women should be thrown in prison. Uh, and we put this up May 14th. It's by Joseph Curl of the Gateway Pundit. And this had popped up, this first call had popped up just about last week uh, whenever the Georgia governor signed the heartbeat bill. Uh, she responded saying, hey, no people should start. Hollywood should do no more movies uh, in Georgia. So the governor is like, well, I don't really care about Hollywood or any of that Hollywood money. I'm going to go ahead and sign this. And so as a response, Alyssa Milano started saying these things. I'm going to read you guys her tweets uh, that she put up. She says, hashtag sex strike. If our choices are denied, so are yours. And she said this on May 10th at around 8.40 p.m. She says, our reproductive rights are being erased. Until women have legal control over our own bodies, we cannot risk pregnancy. Risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a sex strike. Pass it on. Pass it on. The sex, the sex strike tweet has reminded people of the Republican war against women. Good. These oppressive, regressive, forced pregnancy bills are now being discussed in a serious manner on our, nat on our national news cycle. Good. Please read and share on if it resonates. 
Georgia will be the fourth state to pass on a six-week ban. Fifteen states have introduced legislation. Alabama is set to pass a two-week ban. Elections matter. Think about this moment in time when you're trying to figure out if it's worth making the effort to vote. Please vote. Sex strike. Texas had hearings on a bill to execute women who, ha- who have had an abortion. The Ohio bill suggested that an, that an ectotopic pregnancy should not be terminated, but instead re-implanted into the uterus a procedure that doesn't even exist. Wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. Four, the Georgia bill states that a woman can be investigated for miscarrying and that woman who traveled to another state to get an abortion can spend up to 10 years in prison. These bills are made to end up in court, which the Federalist Society has been stacking with conservative judges for years. Mark my own words. One of these bills will end up going to the Supreme Court to overturn Roe. This is what they are designed to do. So basically, the sex strike, what I'm trying to you know, illustrate right here, is that they want to control reproduction. They want to mess with the idea of reproduction. And I've been saying this since the whole abortion topic came up, really. The government should not be involved in these types of things. And this is how... This is how capitalism works, and this is how the private sector will work. If these people don't, even if people have been having abortions, even if the government doesn't get involved, and they will continue to do them. But I, I, I get, I just, God, I just want to stay away from this stuff. I just want to stay away from it because it's a woman's right. But at the same time, they, we should, we shouldn't be out here popularizing this idea of just abortions. This is like fourth wave feminism to where w- women are saying that they're men. And I'm, I, this is just nuts to me, you know, um, and they throw out all kinds of different sideways discussions on it. I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is women will find a way. Humans will find a way, even if the government doesn't want to get involved. That's just my stance on the matter. But whenever you're having these types of things put out there, uh, people saying that they don't want to have sex, uh, that they're trying to intentionally corrupt previous generation or, or the next generation to get them like, all confused about sex to where they don't have sex. Like, think about what this is going to do. Think about just, like, the, the, the general debauchery that people are, like, surrounded by and how, like, we're normalizing it. So much to, to the point so, and, I, and this is why I had posted this, so much to the point so, this is why we have this liberal Princeton University professor, Peter Singer, promoting bestiality, saying that, well, sex with dogs is harmless, and he knows that there are some women who actually enjoy it. And the question why we have such a taboo on this. Now, obviously, sometimes it involves cruelty and the infliction of power and dominance on an animal, and clearly I oppose that. But there can be occasions. I don't know, you know, it's a family program, how much vivid description you want, but... Uh, Go if, ahead. If you, okay, so... <laughs> Speak for yourself! This is really interesting, by the way. I'm clearly not on American television tonight. <laughs> because no American host would have said that. Okay, so here's an example. A woman has oral sex performed by her dog. Okay. Brings know, new meaning know, to I know, doggy I know style. I know women who have said that this is, this is something that pleases them. The dog is free to do it or walk away. There's no dominance over the dog. Okay. That seems to me harmless. If this we, is if, a trained dog, if, obviously. Well, it's, 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 it's her dog who enjoys doing it and sees that, that the dog gives pleasure to the, the companion who the dog lives with, you know. Um, I don't see why we have a huge Sorry, taboo. Sorry, this is just discussing. weird. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, yeah. Question. Why go see the full go see the full video, you know, uh, and the reason I want to play that in correlation with this and I'll end this actual segment uh, since we're talking about all this crazy sexual stuff going on, people having sex with animals, people trying to have sex with kids, people not having sex, 
uh, abortions and all this other stuff, man. Like, what is going on? This this is this is insanity to me. Uh, go watch the full clip. Go find the actual article that I put up. It was from Now the End Begins by Jeffrey Greider. Uh, we put that up. Well, how many days ago? A few days ago, May fourteenth. Go find it. Go watch the full clip. Go see how he actually protects the idea of bestiality and having sex with animals and how this is this is something that should be normalized. This is what I mean by the perversions. Sexual perversions, the deviancy, the transhumanism, and the Satanism. This is outright and open. So much so this, to the so that this is, this is where we're at now. And to close out this kind of crazy segment of being beyond 1984... A Hollywood insider who vowed to expose the elite pedophile ring, Isaac Cappy, was found dead. So, while you have people <laughs> virtue signaling from Hollywood about sex, about sex and reproductive rights, <laughs> as if Hollywood should be the bastion <laughs> of dignity. <laughs> wow. You have that going on, but then somebody who exposes all the pedophilia that goes on in actual Hollywood, ends up dead. I just find that for the life of me crazy. Uh, but we put this up May 15th. It's by Baxter Dimitri of News Punch. Uh, it says, Hollywood insider Isaac Cappy, who vowed to expose the elite pedophile ring, was found dead. Uh, and, and what's crazy, too, is at the time, uh, Fox News caught this. It says, actor Isaac Cappy, dead at 42, after he, quote, forced himself off of a bridge and posted an ominous... Apology to Trump and the QAnon. So I think that's I think that's very crazy. But we're going to get into this article right here. It says Hollywood actor Isaac Cappy, who became well known for speaking up against Hollywood pedophilia and satanic ritual abuse, has been found dead in Arizona. He was 42. Before his death, Cappy levied explosive allegations against Hollywood A-listers, including Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Seth Green, accusing them of being abusive pedophiles. After Cappy began speaking about speaking out about what he called the culture of the elite Hollywood ritual abuse and pedophilia, the mainstream media began targeting him with hit pieces, destroying his reputation. The body of Isaac Cappy, who had roles in Thor, Breaking Bad, and Terminator Salvation, was found in Bellamont, Arizona, according to the local police, He claimed, who claimed he, quote, forced himself off of a bridge and was struck by a car. On May 13, 2019, at 7.26 a.m., trooper, troopers were called to Interstate 40 between Trans-Western Road, uh, milepost 185, for a subject who forced himself off the Trans-Western Road bridge on an Interstate 40. The official statement read, It continued, he was then struck by a passing car. The man, who has been identified as, eight, as 42-year-old Isaac Cappy of Albuquerque, New Mexico, Mr. Cappy died on scene. Arizona Department of Public Safety spokesman Bart Graves added that Cappy's death is being investigated as a, quote, suicide. In recent years, Cappy took a break from acting and became a prominent figure on social media. In August of 2018, Cappy attracted media attention when he accused director Steven Spielberg of sexually molesting him. The days before his death, Cappy posted a lengthy statement to his Instagram page, and Cappy began by saying that he had become, quote, some stark revelations about his character. Cappy said that he wanted to make America great, but neglected to make himself great. He remarks about one specific incident, recent incident that caused him trauma, but does not elaborate on what happened. Cappy said that he, that the act, quote, caused him everything. In another section, Cappy makes reference to the cube movement. Cappy says he is so sorry for having brought shame upon the greatest military operation of all time. And right here, 
Uh, he put this up three days ago. So four days ago, whenever this actual post uh, went up, it says, do you want to live in a world of peace, prosperity, and abundance? A world where the human spirit tackles the challenges of the cosmos? Or do you want to live in a world where violent pedophiles use us, abuse us, rape and kill our children? So he put this up three days prior to his death. And I wanted to end this segment talking about being in beyond 1984. How <laughs> This is it. This, this, is, this is the beyond 1984 reality that we find ourselves living in, trying to understand all the craziness that's, that's going on. Hollywood being the, the truth sayers. Hollywood being the ministry of, 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 of truth, being the propaganda arm of the government. Equipped with Facebook, there's no way for us to even formulate our own opinions. And that's why this is all so dangerous and why we have to sit here and talk about this. As I said before, highlight the good things that are happening, but expose these people's wicked operations and everything that they have in alignment for us. But I digress, my friends. This powerful segment, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the wars at home. Terrorist training camps in Alabama, Mexico volunteers, and these, these, these hypochondriac hypocrites that we have in our country right now. How outrage is the new drug and how weak-willed individuals are easily becoming mind-controlled. Rest in peace, Isaac. You no longer have to worry about these things. We'll take it from here. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids, as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Thank you. 
Welcome back, and thank you for being here with us as we make history. You know, we talk about a lot of things, as always, on the show, and it is becoming increasingly interesting trying to go to break uh, <laughs> whenever you have so many different things that you want to say, that you meant to say, that you wanted to try to talk about, that you want to put people on to. And I think what's going to probably end up happening here in the future is we're just going to we're going to we're probably going to change up a lot of stuff uh, in the future with the show format the same way we do every season uh, because of how much information we're trying to get out to you guys and the way that we're delivering it how much stuff happens and blah 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 and with that being said thank you guys for tuning in to this edition <laughs> you know I I I think I'm in this weird mode. This episode has like a weird feel to it because it's like, I'm fired up for the future, but I got to slow down for the season. I have to throttle back as much as I can, but it's, it's, it's just interesting being in this position uh, because there's still so much work to do. I don't see people doing enough work and I see too many people default relying on me and that's a dangerous thing. I don't uh, I don't really see a lot of people doing the work. That's the simplest thing to say it. And for me to be up here doing this type of stuff and to realize like how many different people are like requiring someone like me to do this is something else. 
and then to catch like the ignorant flack that we do on social media because people don't want to be researched or you got a lot of Johnny Come Latelys or a lot of Susie Suddens that say things that they don't know. They're, they don't understand how they're saying things that are literally talking points being put out there by UNESCO and the United Nations. But then I got to ask myself, that's how it works. I'm the target of the United Nations. I'm the target of, of UNESCO. I'm the target of these people who have an intentional agenda to disrupt and manipulate the masses to control them. I, I, why did we spend an entire episode talking about the concept of designating undesirables? They don't want people out there warning you. They don't want people out there empowering you, encouraging you to, to make better decisions in your life because the government is God. Our Father who art in Washington. You see, when I tell you I've grown up and I've become sophisticated from doing this type of work, looking at this head on, being what I thought was like a classical liberal, somebody that wanted the free college, somebody that thought the idea of free everything was good, not understanding like, hey, you have to work for these things. You don't, you don't, you, 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 you don't get what you really want whenever it's free. You just get something that's going to be like a band-aid on a scar. You want to feel sustained? You have to build. You want to feel real? You have to give out stuff. You have to sacrifice. You have to, you have to, you have to contribute. You're not going to do that when you're trying to get everything for free. I don't think people understand what it means when you're trying to say everything else that's right for everybody else. You've got a lot of people that are, like I said before, when we went to that break, uh, hypocritical hypochondriacs. You got people that say, oh, you need to take care of insert, uh, insert the race here. Insert uh, 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 the ideology here. How many times do you hang out with these people? Did they ask for your help? Or are you just trying to virtue signal? Or are you just trying to say things to, uh, to, uh, to incite people? Do you care about these people? Have you lived with these people? Do you speak their language? Do you understand them? Or are you just saying stuff to get that social credit score up? Are you just saying stuff to virtue signal? Are you just saying stuff to get the likes and the heart emojis from the first world citizens that you're trying to appease to? You see, when you start giving stuff away for free, where does it end? Because I give away a lot of my stuff for free. Never get it back. Not in time. Not in, uh, uh, not in respect. Not in worth. Never get it back from those that you give it to. So who, who, who's getting stuff for free? Then they expect for you to give it out there for free. But you're not, you're not doing it for them, are you? And so then you've got to ask yourself, what, you're, you're, what are you generating for everyone else? What are they generating for you? Are you expecting it back? Free is a one-sided concept. Free is a very, very tricky thing. And whenever we're saying, let's give everything out for free... We're not understanding that we're giving out our empty pockets, pouring from an empty cup, and eventually signing our own death warrant. And I, and I, and I, and I hear you. I hear you. You don't think about these types of things because you just want everything and everybody to be happy. But one man's peace is another man's security. All you have to do to, to, to have that peace is to give up your freedom. Then you're secure. But I thought that was free. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean by the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. You have to stay vigilant to keep on to whatever level of freedom you have. That was free. <laughs> wow. I, I, I get fired up. And I, and I have noticed this specifically with season A. I get fired up talking about God, freedom, my, our, our country, the future, 
And the reason I don't even want to say our country anymore is because you see what they're trying to do with the New World Order. You see what they're trying to do with the no borders, no walls, no USA at all. This is why I try to tell you, be as American as you, as you can for as long as you can. Because just like being, uh, just, just like everybody wants to always travel back to wherever it's not now, you're going to be able to travel back to America in the future whenever there was, when there's no America. You see what I'm saying? Be as, be as American as you can now because they're trying to get rid of it. They want to create something greater than that. They want to create this global citizen. They don't want you to have lineage. They don't want you to have history. They don't want you to appreciate where you come from and what was created while this was here underneath the label of America. No, they want you to think about anywhere other than here. It's like all the religions promise you a, a, a great eternal life when you die. Never live your best life now. Nope. Live it when you're dead. It's the same thing here. Never appreciate what you have now. Live it when you can't. And so I guess what I'm really trying to do is be as American sometimes as I can because I know it can't be like that forever. And I try to fight for this, but you don't see how many different ways they're trying to subvert American uh, ideology. You don't see how many different ways they're trying to take away like just cool, casual, classic 90s American culture, bro, of just being like a cool person, a decent individual, ha having some Southern hospitality, saying yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Trying to be like a good, decent human being. No. They want you to be politically correct. They want you to jump through the hoops. Act a certain way. Get those, get those social credit score points up, son. And I say it this way because this is that technotronic elite. This is that scientific dictatorship. This is what happens when we abide by this, this globalism model that's being put out there. The multiculturalism that's being put out there. You have to understand the two sides of the same coin of how, how slick these people are. They'll take your, they'll, they will take your American flag and they'll sell you a, pi a picture of it. <laughs> but I digress. Let me get into this segment, right? Because we're, we're talking about what's going on here, the war at home. And I think that's much more evident than a lot of people can see. We're spread out. We're about to fight over, we're about to fight with Iraq or Iran. We're, we're about to go to war with Iran I can't even keep up with half the wars that are going on these days. We're going to war with Iran, or which is it? Venezuela, which is it? Syria, which is it? Who are we going to war with this week? We need to stop this. This is, again, more of that beyond 1984 nonsense, the endless wars. I was speaking about this with uh, Eric, uh, Eric Spitfire on the Sentinels of Truth. You know how that's the plan. I don't know if it's uh, General Wesley C. Clark, but where he was talking about it, uh, with with the seven nations that we're going to hit, then that's it. Let me see if, if I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up right now for you guys. General Wesley Clark. Yep, I was right. It uh, almost pulled up <laughs> the other general that I'm always talking about with little green men. Uh, but let me let me pull this up for you guys. The Seven Nations is national. It looks like National Geographic has the clip for you guys. That's crazy. The Seven Nations and how that's our foreign policy. We're gonna hit like seven different nations right up, right back to back. And I and I, and, I, and I think it's sad that this is the only thing I can think to say when I think about us going to war with another country. 
and how that's it. That's what America's going to do. We're just going to go back to back to back, hit as many different countries as possible, and start as much war. I don't think this is the clip, uh, but we're, we're going to play for you guys this one anyway, and then get into uh, the wars at home. I got called in by an officer on the Joint Staff who told me that he said, you know, we're going to invade Iraq. I said, but why? And he said, I don't know. He said, I guess because we don't know what else to do. But in fact, the why of it went back a decade to the spring of 1991. It went back to the argument inside the Republican Party about whether or not the Gulf War should have ended with the capture of Baghdad and the overthrow of Saddam Hussein. And in 1991, when I talked to Secretary Wolfowitz, you know, he said, we didn't get rid of Saddam Hussein, and, uh, and we should have. He said, we've only got five or 10 years to clean up the, the Middle East. These old Soviet surrogate regimes like Syria and Iraq, get rid of them before the next superpower comes along to challenge us. We didn't foresee that we'd actually be using force aggressively to change regimes. And it appeared full-blown after 9-11. And somehow, in the minds of the American people, the attack run by Osama bin Laden, oh, really? based out of Afghanistan, became part of Saddam Hussein. And to retaliate and make sure that, and it was phrased in many different ways. There was effort in the intelligence community to prove that Saddam Hussein had somehow been connected to the strikes in New York and against the Pentagon. And then there was the idea that, well, but he might have some weapons of mass destruction, biological, chemical, nuclear weapons that he could give to terrorists, despite the fact that Saddam Hussein and Al-Qaeda couldn't have been further apart in terms of working together as allies. Now, if you put them under enough pressure, maybe, you know, they would team up against the United States. But we created that pressure against Saddam Hussein for our own reasons. Yeah, and I'm just going to have to... What were those reasons? We've never really heard. There was no... Money, oil, guns, drugs. Man, the military-industrial complex makes more in a single day of war than it does in a decade of peace. What are the reasons? Come on. What are the reasons? We are run by war criminals. We are run by war fear mongers, man. Come on. Look at this, and this is a perfect example of how all this works. The, uh, come on now. I don't know the reasons. I can tell you everything else. I can tell you what we're going to do once we get there. Oh, I can tell you what happened beforehand, what's going to happen after, but I guess I just, I can tell you. I, I, just, I just don't know why, why we're there. Look at this. These are three different articles that I put together for this specific reason, for history and for posterity's sake, because this shows you the problem with misinformation, and this also shows you the problem that I myself have when trying to find articles. Look at this. Look at this. White House reviews U.S. military plan for 120,000 troops for Iran war. We put this up May 14th. It's from Activist Post by Jason Ditz. But if I go right here, it says that there was a link, a leaked Pentagon plan that calls for 120 troops to counter Iran. But then if you go a little bit further in the in the little the package for the article, it says Trump denies considering 120,000 troops to counter the threat. So what is it? Are we sending the troops? Was it a plan? Are we not like what what is it? 
What is it? Says John Bolton ordered the Pentagon to come up with an updated plan for getting more American troops in the Middle East to fight a war against Iran. The plans are now, according to officials who say that the options are envisioned, uh, say that the options envision 120,000 U.S. ground troops in the Middle East. Incredibly, this option appears just to be the start of the war, as officials say that the 120,000 troops uh, does not include a U.S. ground invasion of Iran. Officials concede that the ground invasion would require far more troops. Instead of that, instead, uh, the 120 is just the next step in the ongoing U.S. US escalations towards war and is envisioned as a response to any Iranian threat on U.S. forces or interest or any hint of acceleration of its nuclear program. U.S. officials quoted in the media about the plan are everywhere and always supportive of the idea and the underlying narrative of an Iranian threat. Some argue that the fact that the Pentagon would send 120,000 troops and not even invade proves how big the threat is, while others say that 120,000 troops would be a scare tactic to warn off any Iranian aggressive moves. This quote, contrary to Europe's take on the U.S. policy, with, U with European officials calling on the U.S. to exercise some restraint and expressing concern that the U.S. moves are liable to miscalculate and start a war through sheer accident. Yeah, no, they're not... <laughs> We're run by sociopaths. We are run by sociopaths and criminals. No, we do not need to be going into to more wars. <laughs> and it's going to happen. That's the crazy thing. Like, I, I, I literally just kind of shake my head because I'm like, here we go again. Here we go again. We're still not even at, in Afghanistan. That was a whole lie. Saying he was going to pull the troops off out of Af Afghanistan. That was a lie. Pull the troops out of Syria. That was a lie. Libya, that was a lie. All of it's a lie. And these are just warmongers, man. Dangerous stuff. How am, I, how am I 15 minutes into this section? I'm not even talking about the wars at home. That's the craziest part. Oh my gosh. I just get so fired up about this. Literally. Think about this. Go into... There are terrorist training camps. And this is the even crazier part. We're sending truce all over the country, all over the world, but we're not even dealing with the threat that's building here at home. Towards the end of last week, we heard that there are terrorist training camps in Alabama, and this is why this blows my mind. I'm going to play for you guys two news clips. And <laughs> this, this, train, this camp is literally connected to the one that was out here in New Mexico. So when we had those New Mexico jihadis that were training kids to take on uh, they were they were turning on kids to shoot up schools. They were you know praying, praying to Allah, trying to have a, a kid transform into Jesus. They literally just up and moved to Alabama, got caught there, and here we go. At first glance, it looks like an abandoned dump, but this plot of land in Macon County, Alabama, is described in an FBI search warrant as a makeshift military-style obstacle course belonging to a small group of terrorists led by Siraj Wahaj, who owned the property. Up a long dirt road, but just a few miles from downtown Tuskegee, Alabama. Just because you're in a small town or a small state does not mean you might not potentially have individuals uh, engaged in the types of activities that would call into question threats to uh, national security. The property, similar to another compound in New Mexico, the group is now linked to where federal prosecutors say Wahaj and these other four suspects were training children to carry out deadly terror attacks on American soil. 
Just in the last week, the FBI's assistant director for counterterrorism told lawmakers here on Capitol Hill there are 850 domestic. At first so, glance, it before before I uh, get into this article, I want to say real quick, people people, because I had a few people commenting, "Oh, sounds like it's just three black dudes. Sounds like it's just some black people training their kids uh, to shoot white people." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, there it is. That's all. That's it. That's the only thing people hear." That's all they hear. And then, you know, they completely ignore the fact that there was like a dude in California that had like literally over a thousand different guns stashed in his mansion. And yep, no one, no one wants to speak about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't stick to the race stuff because that's just a, a, an easy way for them to divert it. And why I don't even touch it right here. Let's root one of these comments, the conquering lion. It's like five of them, three, five of them, three women, Two dudes, Doomsday's preparations to made to be terrorists, maybe malicious trained all the time on their land. How about they look into all those white people shooting schools and stuff? What about white supremacists, neo Nazis, KKK types? Can we raid some of these places, please? We all want to feel safe in Trump's America, bro. They're doing that. That's the crazy thing. And what's even happened? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! I did it! I fell for it. Let me just get this next clip up. Let me just get this next clip up where they literally found uh, human body parts at this at this, this this jihadi camp. What they're trying to tell you is how these places are literally connected. You don't think that they're spying on these the KKK, the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, any of these people who are out there doing the training uh, and, the, and, the, and the tactical shooting, all that stuff. You don't think that? Like, look at what's going on out here in New Mexico specifically. That's why they got, uh, what was his name, Larry Mitchell Hopkins, because he was making all kinds of terroristic threats and organizing a militia. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is being infiltrated. We're literally having terrorists train in the desert and in the, in the forest. <laughs> and, and you want to make it about race. It's not about race. It's about literally being infiltrated. I, I, can't, I cannot explain this enough. And the reason I get so frustrated is because I had another article pulled up. I had another article pulled down just this week about how there were uh, 44 men in the UK that were arrested because they were a part of a child sex trafficking ring. Now, now it got pulled because, well, these were Muslim men that were involved in a human trafficking ring. So I'm not allowed to talk about human trap. I'm, I'm allowed to talk about Satanists, pedophiles within the Catholic Church, within the within the Christian church, Zionist Jews, running the banks, running the world, uh, all of this stuff, my villainous hatred towards Bill Gates, uh, all the other people that I literally name and go on and on and on and on and on and about. But I'm not allowed to talk about Muslims and human trafficking and child sex trafficking. That to me is dangerous because then we have a protected class that's allowed to carry on these types of things. That's dangerous. It's not even about the race. It's not even about the class of people. It's about an individual carrying out what I consider heinous acts. If I saw an Asian man involved in, in, in human trafficking, I would point it out. I'm pretty sure Jack Ma of Alibaba is involved in some stuff like that. So when I talk about all these different things, it's, 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 it's me explaining how there is just rampant injustice running through the country right now, and it's being allowed. It's not about, the, it's not about them being black or white. What I'm seeing is somebody trafficking in children, and that's wicked. And me not being allowed to talk about it and people protecting it, that's even more dangerous because then they're condoning it. You see, offering up their children and their life 
upon the altar of being politically correct, the virtue signaling of, of whatever that is, and the fact that I can't explain and keep connecting the fact that this person and that there are jihadis in our country who are infiltrating us, trying to take our country down, that's even more dangerous because it shows you who our true enemies are. I forget how the actual quote goes, but it's just like, figure out who you're not allowed to talk about, and that's who your true enemies are. So, I guess what I'm really trying to say is, we don't have to worry, apparently we don't have to worry about the Satanists infiltrating on the political structure. You don't have to worry about the pedophiles in the Catholic Church, in the, in the Christian Church. You don't have to worry about Zionist Jews, because these are all known people, uh, and known organizations and institutions that have problems. You don't have to worry about them. You, don't, you, you see... You see where I'm trying to allude. What I'm trying to tell you is they're creating a certain perception over a certain class of individuals. And because of this, we are not able to fully understand and digest what's happening to us and to the country. We're being infiltrated and we're being taken down. Simple as that. I, China is already detaining over 800 to 2 million different Muslims in their re-education camps. And I'll, and I'll speak about China, too, in the next segment as well. Uh, but let me play for you guys this next clip of, of this news report about the terrorists in, in Alabama. Federal search warrant says it's on this two-acre Tuskegee property that the terror suspects built a second compound. <laughs> That's shocking. Line by line, we went through the federal search warrant here in Alabama and found the items discovered on the Macon County property mirrored those recovered in New Mexico. There's all these wood pallets stacked up over here, and it looks like there's some type of structure made from the wood pallets and plastic sheeting. If you keep moving onto the property, there's dozens of these blue buckets. From the air, you see more clearly what the FBI described in its search warrant as a military-style obstacle course. The FBI believes the group spent at least several weeks here. It is very scary. We also found tires, trash, children's toys, and these respirators. I wouldn't think no terrorists here, but you never know. Federal authorities appear to have made the Alabama connection with this group back in Federal search warrant says it's on this I wish it, uh, Tuskegee property. That I wish it would tell you how far back these people actually had the connection, knowing that these people were uh, doing this stuff. But that's that's what I mean. They the same way that they radicalize people online. Uh, people are radicalized in, in real life, and they allow these people to go do these types of things, and they track their movements, they track their terror cells, and they track like what else is going on. They're doing it with the Muslims. They're doing it with the KKK. They're doing it with the white supremacists. They're doing it with the neo-Nazis. They're doing it with Antifa. Why did we cover them literally uh, trying to buy guns off of the Mexican drug cartels? Like, what's going on with our border is a huge thing. This is what I mean by the wars at home. And you got people who are comfortable just saying, yeah, these people should be allowed to operate and do these types of things. Well, if it's like, if we're going to have cops here at all doing anything, maybe we should have them doing their job, period. Not trying to bust people for a dime bag of weed or anything like that. Maybe we should have them actually investigating these people who are intentionally going out of their way to cause harm. You have training camps in Alabama that are connected to the New Mexico jihadis. There is a cell here operating. I've talked about the different terrorist cells that are here within the country as well. But yet people are just somehow oblivious. They don't know. I can't believe. Oh my gosh, no way. There's, there's no way this would happen. So I guess what I'm really trying to say at the end of the day is this is going to create an incredibly crazy crime wave. Like in the UK, they already have like Sharia law enforced places 
where they already have like Sharia police and regular police can't go there because it's controlled by the Sharia police. You know, like it's it's just crazy to think about so many different things. Like, oh my gosh, you know, just the other week we talked about how churches were uh, some of the main targets of hate attacks in 2019 and how ISIS actually did claim a responsibility for the attacks that happened in Sri Lanka. You know, you had the Notre Dame fire uh, that, 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 that took place as well. Like Christianity is under attack. You had churches in South Carolina that were actually spray paid, submit to Allah and all of this stuff. It's going on. We're being invaded. Flat out. We're being invaded. There's no other way to look at it. And whenever we're not allowed to talk about our invaders, that probably means we're being invaded. So at a certain level, we have to get used to taking flack to standing up for something that you believe in. Because you're not going to be able, in this world, in this American world, where we want everybody to be cool, love, and light, and positivity. That's, that's an ideology that a lot of people can't really afford. That's a mindset that a lot of people can't really afford because, well, that's just Americans trying to do what Americans do. <laughs> Glossing over stuff. But here, let me let me get into this to 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 update you guys as to what's going on in our border, right? What's going on in our country? So while we have people here infiltrating, uh, training to take on who God knows who, shooting up schools, shooting up other individuals, doing whatever, uh, you know, don't even get me started on what's going on with the border, the overflow that's going on there, how they've had to send at least 320 different troops there, uh, 7.4 million to just handle the, 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 the flood of people that are coming. Uh, now we have a band of volunteer patriots who are trying to help continue patrolling the border because they understand that there are people coming from Mexico as well as the Middle East, Sudan, Iran, all over the world who are using the southern port, the, or the, the, the southern border as a point of entry to come in here. Now you have patriots from New Mexico who are going down there to volunteer. And I don't mean people who were intentionally doing inflammatory stuff. Let me get into this article. It's by Tim Brown from Freedom Outpost. We put this up May 14th. It says a band of armed citizen patriots who have volunteered their time to patrol the U.S.-Mexico border to assist the Border Patrol in the state of New Mexico, despite being evicted from their previous camp. The group of armed citizens who have been aiding Border Patrol in New Mexico was kicked out of their campsite after the communist American Civil Liberties Union called on the governor and the attorney general to investigate whether members of the group were holding migrants present, migrant parents and children at gunpoint. While the AG's office did, be, did begin an investigation, Jim Binvi, spokesman for the group, said that they were not breaking any laws and that their mission was simply helping Border Patrol. You can try to manufacture we're breaking laws, but the fact of the matter is we're here and we're going to stay here and hell with them. In the hell with them, <laughs> uh, Binvi said. Quote, we're continuing to work with our state and local partners, and the investigation is ongoing, said David Carl, a spokesman for the Attorney General's office. Formerly known as the Constitutional Patriots, the group changed its name to the Guardian Patriots after both PayPal and GoFundMe closed their online campaigns, and they were evicted from their campsite by Union Pacific in mid-April. Quote, nobody who's been on the border left, uh, said Binvi. There's been no breakup. Everyone is still here, Las Cruces Sun News reports. The Guardian, the Guardian Patriots have a new campsite on private property, but for safety reasons, they do not want to reveal their location, according to Binvi. He said some members have had to deal with death threats, and that recently while on patrol, quote, one of the vehicles, all four tires, were stripped off the vehicle in a specific location where it was parked. 
The eviction from the original campsite on April 22nd happened after the Union Pacific officials said the group was trespassing on railroad land. It came a few days after the arrest of a man who had claimed to be the commander of the, of the United Constitutional Patriots New Mexico border operations. Uh, Larry Mitchell Hopkins, 69, is facing federal weapons charges that are not related to his border activities. So basically what they're trying to say is, we wanted to scare tactic you. We wanted to make you think that this was an illegal activity going down there to, you know, stand up for your rights, stand up for your country, and try to expose the chaos that's going on there. But Larry Mitchell, Copson, Larry Mitchell Hopkins had nothing to do with what's actually going on there. As he said before, nobody left. They understand what's going on. The situation is intense down there. Let me tell you, uh, you're, you're literally having drugs, guns, people, you name it. It's all coming right through there. And here's the even crazier part to continue on, because people need to know what's going on at the border, what that means for the rest of the country, how that plays into the socioeconomic reformation, the multicultural agenda, and so much more. Uh, so if I can go on like a little tirade about what Islam is doing to the country and how we're not able to speak about this type of stuff, well, again, look at what's going on with the migrants. Where are these people coming from? They're coming from Africa. They're coming from the Middle East. Uh, they're coming from Mexico. It's, 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 it's not just migrants from uh, the Middle East. It's not just Syrians. It's so many different people. It's Nigerians, it's Sudanese, it's Guatemalans, it's Venezuelans, it's, Cuba, it's the Cubanese, the Philippines. It's so many different people. Asians as well. It, it, it is so many different people that you really have to take the time to stop and think. But when you don't, <laughs> and I, 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 I think I have to chuckle because I literally saw a poll earlier this week that said that uh, the majority of Americans are actually unaware that there is an actual crisis on the border. They don't know about that. Most Americans don't know about this crisis, and they don't know essentially how they're being replaced. Think about how many different times we've covered the border issue and how many different people are hopping the border to, to come here to take over lazy Americans' jobs, lazy Americans' voting uh, rights, lazy Americans' opportunities within the economic and political and academic structure. Think about all these people who have days, months, weeks, and years to contemplate creating a whole new life and how Americans are just sitting here, you know, just, just wanting to decriminalize mushrooms, man. That's all we want. Shoot, we just want to have legal weed and legal mushrooms. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't want rights. We don't want a better tomorrow. Oh, that's too heavy, man. Oh, pass that legal medical marijuana. Uh, but to continue on, speaking about the, 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 the migrant issue, to give people some perspective right here, I put this article up May 15th. It's from Judge Report Feed. It says the New Mexico governor is busing asylum seekers to Denver. That's right. So the, so the people that are illegally coming through here, and possibly even illegally, and we've spoken about this as well, uh, just giving more credence to the, the resettlement, and tra resettlement and transportation process uh, that, that's going on. This is happening. They're taking these migrants that come through here and they're, they're sending them to their sponsors and they're giving them money. They're giving, they're, they're, they're giving them everything they need. But let me get into this article right here for you guys. It says the New Mexico governor's office paid about $4,000 for a bus to transport 55 Central American asylum seekers to Denver early Sunday morning in an arrangement negotiated between nonprofits in both communities. A spokeswoman, a spokeswoman confirmed on Tuesday. The office of Governor Michelle Luann Grisham coordinated with Annunciation House, a nonprofit that works with migrants along El Paso, Texas, Juarez, 
Mexico border to send the asylum seekers to Denver because their shelters were over capacity. It was the first time Annunciation House has sent immigrants to another site. The shelters in Las Cruces, New Mexico, have been inundated with migrants and asylum seekers since April 12th. And New Mexico Governor's spokeswoman, spokeswoman Claudia Tristan, uh, said, Because the shelters had reached capacity, Border Patrol agents were releasing asylum seekers to bus stations, giving them no way to contact their sponsors. The asylum seekers are individuals who, through sponsors, have applied for legal status in the United States to seek refuge from persecution and are waiting on a court to make a determination on their claims. Luann Grisham's office decided to get involved for the community's sake, saying, for the community's sake, uh, residents didn't ask for people to be released on the street, but because of the proximity of the border, that was what was happening, Tristan said. She added that ICE agents were doing the same thing in El Paso, Texas, which is about an hour from Las Cruces. The New Mexico governor did not provide advance notice to Colorado's governor about the arrangements, but Governor Jared Polis Polis's office said Monday he supports providing humanitarian assistance to asylum seekers. Luann Grisham's office spoke to Polis uh, to spoke spoke to Polis's office after the asylum seekers' arrival. Uh, Tristan said, but Polis's office declined Tuesday to comment on the discussion or logistics. The Department of Homeland Security said Border Patrol agents and ICE agents began releasing quote non-criminal process family units on March 19th, and since then had released more than 40,000 people with notices to appear in court. So whenever I'm telling you guys that some of my sources are saying these people are just being released and given like ankle bracelets and documents and sent on their way, yeah, that's all they can really do for them because we do not have a structure in place to deal with the overwhelming amount of people that are being released. And so they're literally having to make it up as they go. This is what I mean by the war at home. You were being replaced, and at the same time, you're having people infiltrate our country saying that we're the problem. You see why I'm like, this is, this is a very, very interesting and prophetic time period we find ourselves in. And Americans just want magic mushrooms, man. Hey, bliss out. We just want to, we just want to trip because all this stuff is too far out. Speaking of far out, I'm, I'm going to be talking about off-world exploration and how uh, Jeff Bezos wants to take us to the moon by 2024. But beforehand, we've got to talk about stuff like Bayer, Monsanto, China, uh, this, the, 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 the social credit score, and so much more. You want to talk about far out. That's what I mean by new world operations. That stuff is far out, out of this world. And, what, and guess what? We're going to talk about it and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Sheila Jeet? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine, and for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health, uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea, uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning, and be careful, it's going to give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. 
Expose lies and share truth. That's right. Final segment. Have I, have I blown your mind yet? No? Well, that's good. That's good. That's a true sign of intelligence, I think. To, to keep listening to some crazy stuff, even though you're like, I don't even... I, I understand about half of what I'm hearing. But I'm just going to go ahead and keep listening to it anyway. That's, that's what I like to hear. Glad to hear that you're bending, not breaking. Thank you for tuning in. You know... Uh, I told you this segment was going to be far out. Far out, man. Far out, man. And the reason I make that silly that silly stoner joke is because I tell people this all the time. Uh, especially when we start talking about the drugs, you know, and, and, and where our mindset is at, what we think of as the future, how we have to come up with bigger dreams and bigger hopes because we're creating this new modern-day renaissance. That's far out, man. That's far out, bro. Because all our all, all our generation wanted, all my generation wanted to do was we just wanted uh, free drugs and 
guess what we got? We got extra drugs, so dr- so many drugs that we just started, you know, literally screwing ourselves. Uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, generationally, we, we, we got the drugs and we just started screwing ourselves. And that's what we're going to be going down in history as. And so when I talk about, you know, uh, Soph, this 14-year-old year, 14 girl giving me hope, the Generation Z is not even going to deal with any of this type of stuff, that they don't know what CNN is, uh, that, they're, that they actually are abstaining away from drugs and all this other nonsense, that they give me hope. Uh, because what we're seeing is that better tomorrow manifesting today uh, right underneath our noses and that we just have to keep pushing. It's going to seem dark because all our, like I said, all our generation wants to do is just smoke weed, play video games, kick back, and that's it. Same way I can't be mad at the the, the baby boomers and the generation, the generations after them, you know, that all they want to do is drink beer and, 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 and watch basketball, football, and baseball, man. It's the same thing. That's all we are. That's why you got the kids these days playing on the Xbox, going to uh, ESPN and C-SPAN and playing playing the video games. That's it. We're just that generation rebooted. And so you have another generation coming after us. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I don't want to sit there and play video games all day. I don't want to, you know, watch stupid uh, gladiator games on, 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 the, on the teletube, on the boob tube. You know what? I actually want to do something with myself. I want to build. I want to create. I want to think. I want to. Pro- I want to prosper. I want to produce. I want to manifest. I want to do so much. And you know what? Sorry, mom and dad. I'm going to go do this instead. That gives me hope. Because I don't know where I fit somewhere along that 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 generational chronological timeline, but I'm somewhere in there. I think that's why I listened to the '80s music, even though I was born in like the '90s, is because I'm somewhere in that time frame to where it's 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 about rebellion with a purpose. You see, they say a rebel without a cause, being a rebel with a cause, or without a cause. Well, how about you rebel with a cause? You see, and that's where we have to be at, because what's happening now? That's why counter. That's why the counterculture switched. You know, went from being like hardcore punks, uh, to now being counterculture is having good values and being respectful and not being a degenerate, uh, decadent piece of filth or garbage or anything like that you know, to where you want legacy, to where you have nice, positive thoughts. Somewhere it happened just like that. It switched. I don't know how, but it happened just like that. And that's what I mean by implementing these new changes and trying to be like a better individual for that tomorrow. You're not going to notice it until you start living it. And what's happening now is the criminal, is, is the criminalization of such things. The criminalization of, of the good, you know, to where they have to exalt that which is evil. You know, and I think this would be a good way for me to segue into talking about things such as Bayer and Monsanto. You know, these people, they know how crooked they are. They know what they're doing. And these people are evil for doing so. Now, Bayer and Monsanto. I'll talk about Bayer, Monsanto, Bill Nye, the science guy, climate change, geoengineering, environmentalism, and all this type of stuff and how it all pertains to it. These are the very same people that are trying to get you to take your shots. Keep that in mind. Uh, these are the people that are messing with your food, messing with all this stuff. Bayer and Monsanto are evil, evil companies. And so that's why they have to promote a culture of evil so that, you know, people don't call them out on their stuff. There's an article that, that it popped up earlier this week about uh, one of the, 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 the Coke CEOs or one of the people who owns Coke and how he got caught with like 1.2 pounds or so like a lot of he got he got caught with weed on his private jet 
you know, and I had joked when I was reading that article aloud, I said, you know, they had to get some pretty hard-nosed cops to go out there and go do that because the crooked cops, right, the crooked cops, they would have taken some of the weed that was found on the plane and they said, okay, sir, we'll let you go about that. And they would have reported back to the station and they would have said, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, Sarge, he wasn't there. And then another layer of the crooked cops, you know, they would have said, oh, well, we, we really got to take you in. Sorry. You know, they would have taken the weed and they also would have taken his bribery money. And then they still would have gone back to Sarge and said, hey, sorry, Sarge, you know, this guy wasn't here. The third level of crooked cops would have gone back for the weed. They'd have gone back for the money. They'd have gone back for a lifetime membership uh, to anything that Coke has involvement with. And they still would have gone back to Sarge and say, sorry, sir, we didn't see this person here. He's nowhere to be found. They had to get hard-nosed, justice-oriented, good record cops to go out there and to go get that person to apprehend him. Because that's what I mean by the layer or, 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 or that lawlessness that's being put out there. You see, they have to create a culture of lawlessness so everybody gets involved to where nobody wants to be good. You see, to where nobody takes the time to say, hey, maybe we should cut back. These people are pretty evil. Hey, maybe we shouldn't put this type of chemicals out there. We're poisoning people. We're killing people. The people that run Bayer and Monsanto, uh, who have a history of actually working with the Nazis, they're down with that. They, have, they are totally fine with poisoning the entire population. They're totally fine with having genetically modified children in Argentina. They are perfectly fine with, with poisoning everything. So when I start talking about the vegan agenda, and environmentalism, agriculture, and all these types of things, my mind immediately goes towards Bayer and Monsanto because think about how much they influence the agricultural market. Think about how much they are spraying. And their chemical glyphosate uh, roundup, you know, it, it, it's, it's coming out all over the place that it's corrupt, that it's wicked, that it's evil, that it's literally killing people. Right here, this is from Sign of the Times. Bayer to investigate French media claims that Monsanto compiled a file of journalists and lawmakers to sway opinions on pesticides. Here, let me, let me, let me clear that article up for you. Basically what they're trying to say is Monsanto had a hit team. Monsanto literally kept a list of people that was swaying public opinion, who were exposing all of their injustices, and they were killing them. That's why all those holistic doctors and holistic healers were dying. It's because Bayer, was, Bayer and Monsanto were out there uh, making a list saying, hey, you've got to go X this guy. You know, he's telling the people that our stuff gives people cancer. He's credible. Kill him. Make him look suicided. And they did. But see, that's the beautiful thing about truth. That's the beautiful thing about the light. Everything comes to light, and they can't kill, they can't kill everybody. Because there's all kinds of lawsuits lining up against Bayer now. Right here, check this out. This is by Sayer G of Green Med Info. Uh, they put it up over there on, at, at Waking Times. We put this up May 14th. It says, Bayer ordered to pay $2 million, or $2 million in damages in the third Monsanto Roundup Cancer Trial. It says it today, in a jury in Oakland, California, awarded more than $2 million to a couple who charged that Bayer AG's glyphosate-based Roundup weed killer caused their cancer. How will Bayer continue to sustain such punishment without filing for bankruptcy? According to a, according to a report on Bloomberg.com, this marks the largest jury reward in the U.S. this year and the eighth largest ever in a product, de in a product defect claim. 
This also marks the third such ruling after two other recent California trials over the herbicide causing cancer yielded combined damages against Bayer AG of $159 million. The jury jury agreed that Alva and Alberta Pyloid, Pyloid's use of the glyphosate-based Roundup herbicide was, quote, a substantial factor in causing them to develop non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. While both pyloids have diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, Alva's invaded his his pelvis and spine, and Alberta's developed in her brain. The pyloids used the herbicide for residential landscaping over a 30-year period and believed, as the manufacturer long touted, that it was exceedingly safe. Their lawyers sought $55 million for the couple's medical bills and couple and pain and suffering, uh, and requested an additional $1 billion to punish the company. This ruling has potentially devastating consequences for Bayer AG, which acquired Monsanto Co. last June for $66 billion. Six. Since then, Bayer's market cap has plummeted 40% and likely will continue to spiral further downward after news of this third ruling spreads. In fact, Monsanto is named in about, get this, 13,400 additional lawsuits by plaintiffs in the U.S. alone. Bayer is anticipated to appeal this decision due in part to the fact that courts usually punitive damages no more than 10 times higher than compensatory damages. Yeah, so basically, Bayer's getting screwed for, for killing people. And it's about time. Because it, this is what I mean. They're killing people. They're killing people. They are killing people. And the ones that they don't kill, they poison. They're poisoning people. And they're poisoning children. These are the same people, because <laughs> because all Monsanto is, is just an agricultural company. One of the biggest one out there. And now you got Bayer, a pharmaceutical company, buying it up. These are the same people who are telling you, you need to get your shots because it's good for you. Trust us. We've not done studies, but we've run experiments on you guys, and you seem to be handling them pretty well. This is the same arm operating, just like that. Think about this. You, You have Trump's EPA that sided with Bayer and Monsanto saying that, hey, they're weed killers. It's safe. (laughs) <laughs> so Trump thinks that, that the glyphosate is safe. That should let you know. When there are studies that have come out talking about how the, the damages of glyphosate, how it lasts for generations. This is epigenetics. So w- w- where do these generational damages last? Uh, biologically or in the agriculture, like in the person or in the ground, in the earth? That's, that's where I'm trying to... Like, does this stuff bioaccumulate... And us the same way that it does on the planet, because I, I know I think it's I think it's uh, Monsanto that has those Terminator seeds or some special type of seeds uh, where you're only able to buy from Monsanto. Like it, like they have the seeds that are so damaging to the Earth's soil that unless you literally go buy more of Monsanto's seeds, no other seed can 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 work there. No other seed uh, can live in that basically chemically laden environment like it's like chernobyl chernobyl or something <laughs> now i was talking about terras plata dark earth and how uh graham hancock says that there is a specific type of earth used out there in the amazonian jungle it's like 
magic earth they can grow anything out there but what happens whenever you have stuff that's like literally designed uh to to go with a scorched a scorched earth policy and just destroy the, the 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 land for generations you see what i'm saying that's what i'm really trying to get at you have bayer out there keeping lists of journalists and lawmakers and trying to essentially kill them if they don't say you know what's right Stop saying our stuff causes cancer. We're going to come kill you. <laughs> like it's 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 just crazy to me to think about this and the damage, the damage that's being done multi generationally, not only to the people but to the earth. That to me is ridiculous. It's 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 mind blowing, truly, because it shows you that these people have such little such little regard for humanity and for the future that they could care less who who it hurts who's going to be susceptible it, it, it just blows my mind to think about the ruthlessness of these people so to I guess to, to, to just to kind of throw things to, to start wrapping things up for this episode right just to get people to start thinking about these types of things I was I I did want to start I did want to end the episode talking about the Chinese social credit score and how that's a huge issue, but I I think I might have to do like a separate transmission on how uh, important that is because yes we are in beyond 1984 but I feel like the Chinese social credit score literally exemplifies that to the nth degree. Uh, but I want to end this actual transmission talking about the idea of going to the moon. Now I don't think that we went to the moon the first time. And I think it'll be interesting trying to see us go to the moon a second time. But what this is paving the way for is off-world explorations. As I told you before, let's let's get far out, man. Let's get far out, man. Let's talk about this. The idea that you have somebody like Jeff Bezos trying to get us to, uh, to the moon. Yet we have all these problems here. And who's going to go to the moon? And the reason I say that is because if you shoot for the moon, you land on a star. If you shoot for the moon, you'll at least land on a star. And while we might not get to the moon, I don't think that's the point for us to get to the moon. I think the I think the point is for us to get off-world, just above the Earth, and in between the sun and the moon. And the reason I say that is because they can create these 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 domes, these structures, they can create these terrariums, they can create habitable spaces for humans to live in space. This is why they're conducting all the different types of research that they're doing right now. Uh, you know, this is this is a lot of what NASA, the whole the, the whole of NASA was for. That's why they created NASA with Werner, that's what Werner von Braun, a lot of his uh, early designs were for, is to show how people and humans could indeed live on, live in space. Not in, you know, Galaplaxius 9 in some crazy dark depths of the space of the Earth or whatever. No. I mean, like, just above the Earth. Just above the Earth. In the ionosphere, the stratosphere. I forget which, which actual one. But no, they want to live just, just, just right there. And the reason I say that is because they will have the technology to release the biobomb. To release bio warfare on the planet, 
after this type of stuff. And then they'll ride along in their little spaceships, and then they'll come back down. You know, you can see a lot of this type of stuff pre being pre-programmed with uh, the 1960s contact movement, where they said, "Get rid of your nuclear, uh, get get rid of your nuclear stuff." You know, looking at the alien agenda, the space force, the space corps, the military-industrial complex, the secret space program, and a lot of these types of things, you begin to get like a, a pretty comprehensive understanding of this breakaway civilization that is still out there, uh, and how it is actually being created. You know, they already have Asgardia. And for people who are unfamiliar as to what that is, it's essentially a a a space-based citizenry that you can join right now. You can type it in uh, Asgardia, and you can join it right now and become a citizen of space. You can become like a expatriate of wherever you're from, and you can become part of the space collective and join this. This is a very real thing. They're they're really trying to push this. Because this pays this this goes more into this new world order, this global citizen, this globalization is taking place, to where your country has no rights, uh, to where you as an individual have no rights as an American or whatever, you know, it, you would have to be like an Earthling or something of this nature. And I know all this stuff sounds fantastical, but let me get into this article right here. Uh, this is from Curiosmos. We put this up May tenth. It says Blue Origin is going to the moon. A company claims it will meet a t meet the 2024 moon landing deadline. It says a new motion, a new moon landing may not be so far away. Blue Origin recently revealed that that they have developed a lunar land rider or a lunar lander, and it is set to land astronauts on the moon by 2024. NASA, SpaceX, move aside. Jeff Bezos unveils Blue Origin and their stunning new lunar lander. Blue Origin is now part of the space race to see Americans back on the moon. The CEO of Amazon and Blue Origin has revealed that the intricate steps that will take American astronauts back to the moon in an invite-only event in Washington. Uh, during the secretive event, Bezos revealed a massive model of the, f of the firm's first lunar lander, dubbed Blue Moon. Quote, this is an incredible vehicle, and it's going to the moon, Bezos explained, according to CNN. Quote, it's time to go back to the moon, this time to stay. As noted by Bezos, their lunar lander has been developed for the past three years and is ready to meet for the 2024 crew moon landing deadlines revealed earlier by this year. Er, revealed earlier this year by the Vice President of the United States, uh, Mike Pence, landing on the moon again is something many countries are eager to achieve. And so, as I said before, I'm I'm cautious of whether or not we even did it the first time, but I do think that it's important that we have these types of goals as a as a a is not only as a country, but as a species and as a race, so that we strive to do better and bigger things. But then my mind begins to ask the question, are we repeating history? Are we, are we repeating history? Is this the same old song and dance of us trying to be like the gods unto heaven? You know, you have all kinds of different mythologies out there that ask the question of, did the star people come down and start this and start humanity? I think that's another agenda out there that's being pushed, you know, with uh, with the mask and the question or saying that aliens created us instead of, say, instead of saying that God created us. If so, where are the aliens? We've been this way for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, but I, again, I find all this stuff so fascinating. The fact that we are talking about space exploration. We are talking about what is humanity? What is divinity? What is God? Uh, are, 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 <laughs> you'll have flat earthers ask the question. Do we have the technology to break through the firmament? 
all these things are, 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 are interesting to think about, but this is what I mean by far out. We have so many historic and prophetic events happening that why do you need weed? Why do you need mushrooms? If you take the time and start looking around you and really tapping into what's really taking place, you'll be tripped out just enough. And I say that through experience because the times that we are living in, <laughs> you can't even write this stuff down. It's so chaotic and it's so crazy. And that's why we have to do everything within our power to fight against it and fight for that better tomorrow. And believe it or not, it's coming a lot faster than you think. And that's why it's an honor to be here. However, that's all I have for you guys. This is Beyond 1984, The Wars, the wars at Home, and New World Operations. I know, we jumped all over the place. This was most definitely a chaotic and erratic episode, but that's because I tried to record it at least three or four different times, and that's something I find new myself as well. Uh, Re-recording things because I don't like how they sound. I'll get about 30 minutes in, and then because I don't like how uh, we're starting things off, uh, I just start over. But that's another discussion for another day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition, show numbers 814. Uh, we have two or three more episodes for season eight. You can purchase individual seasons or get access to them all via exclusive membership. We're obviously thinking about switching up the, 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 the show format for season nine and so much more. Really, guys, it has been a, a wild ride as far as 2019, and I'm very curious to see where the world will take us here in the future. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>